Welcome, everybody, to your favorite time of the week, the Key Items Podcast. Now, let's do the roundup of our marks. I'm sorry, my co-host. Um, he is as cold as ice, and he's willing to sacrifice... Your love. It's Dustin. Hey, I was wondering if you're going going with those song lyrics there and started that one. And I was right. And to my other end of the podcast, he likes to say how cold you are to keep your hand in his while wise men wonder while strong men die. It's Arnold. Hey, how's it going? Do you know where that one's from, Arnold? I have no idea where the hell that's from. That's so cold by Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> wow. Uh, the 80s, uh, 90s. Uh... Like early 2000s, actually. Oh, like 2006. 2000s. Oh. Um, I was... was Breaking Benjamin new metal? I'm trying to remember. Yes, I count it. It like came out in that same area. It's like alternative new metal. In my opinion, like like uh, corn and uh, what's it? Shine, no, Shine Down was a little later. Yeah, Shine Down was a little later, but yeah, Breaking Benjamin was. I actually still like a lot of their songs. Lincoln Park was also from that era. Lincoln Park was, but wasn't Lincoln Park categorized as like alternative still? I would call it like it's like a mix, like emo. It's not definitely that. emo. It's definitely emo music. Uh, I mean, uh, not in like as a derogatory sense, right? It's a genre sense. It definitely hit those beats. Um, I had a history teacher in high school who was really into Lincoln Park. Oh uh, yeah, I, I knew a lot of people into Lincoln. Lincoln Park is good. It was, was one of those weird cool. times where, at the time, I don't think I realized how young my history teacher probably was. Because <laughs> you know, when you're like a high schooler, you think everybody who's everyone's like thirty and up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now you're for, there was like a chemistry teacher. I think he's a chemistry teacher. Yeah, I don't know why I'm rambling about this. <laughs> it was a chemistry teacher that everybody knew was for like literally like right out of college. <laughs> the fresh make ones. your own assumptions. <laughs> Man, uh, don't don't make your own assumptions. There's a lot of things that go on nowadays. Yeah, don't don't make no assumptions with no teachers. She's she's perfectly fine. I think she actually married a coach there. Hmm, that is actually interesting. Yeah, coaches. Well. Today, before we get into anything, I should explain something to Dustin, and I guess Arnold may be curious about this as well. I don't give um, a fuck. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> first off, child, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Second off, you're going to hear it anyway. So, Dustin, before we started, asked me about um, my Discord avatar, and I'm going to change a couple of my avatars to this now is of Urza Scarlet from Fairy Tale, um, one of my personal guilty pleasure and I'd argue one of my favorite manga even though I want to say it's like it's not I groundbreaking. Fairy Tale. 
It ain't groundbreaking, but it's I just fun, like it. It's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. It's good, classic, save the world anime goodness. So I have Urza Scarlet as my picture. Um, my original picture was actually Shinko, but I've changed it now. Um, I actually did like that picture. Oh, oh, the Shinko one? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, Shinko from Darkstalkers is a great design. Um, I may put her but on something I'm, else. I'm really a sucker, though, for like... 90s Capcom character art, so he really is. <laughs> yeah. um, like, even though weird, like obscure stuff, like uh, what's the one like Armored Warriors and like Captain Commando and all those. Tech uh, Romancer, great art. Captain Commando know. is pretty funky, but I I like it. It works. Um, I was Plasma going. Plasma Sword's got great designs too. Plasma Sword's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are actually pretty good. Um. I was going to say, so I have Urza Scarlet as my avatar picture. And Dustin was like, Ooh, what is that? Why is that? Why do you have Urza Scarlet? So I told him I'll explain it on the podcast. Actually, um, one of my friends who listens to this podcast, she had asked me randomly today. She was like, um, what fairy tale character do you think you are? And I was like, oh, I know this one. I thought about this one multiple times. And I was like, Gildarts and Grey. Um, Gildarts, because he's kind of like this kind of Big Brother-esque type person to a lot of characters in the guild. And um, Grey, because I can sometimes like to be by myself. Yada, yada, yada. Um, well... Because you suddenly lose your clothes. Yeah, nope. As as yeah. I like to keep my clothes on. However... <laughs> Um, she has said, oh yeah, um, I can see some of that. And I kind of took that as in like, she must think of something else, like some other character. So mm-hmm. I was like, so who are, who do you think I am? And she was like, Urza Scarlet. So I got excited because I, I fucking love Urza Scarlet. I never thought of myself as Urza Scarlet. And, um, Urza is really cool. And she was like, yeah, you're like Urza Scarlet. And so I was like, huh, really? Like that, um, that, that we, I was like, that's really cool. I take that as a huge compliment. Tell me why. And she was basically like, the, the our personalities are super similar. And she was like, that we both appear super serious and intimidating, but we're not. Um, and then we have, spe- we speak similarly tone wise, which we definitely do. Um, and then we both kind of like surprisingly love random stuff and express it like in the same way. And if anyone's ever seen Urza go from like her, her like, um, super serious mode to being like really, um, emotive and surprise and stuff like that, it's really funny. And so, and plus Urza's like one of the strongest characters as we had discussed on our last podcast. (laughs) So like, I was like... Fuck yes! Like, Urza Scarlet all the way. So I put Urza Scarlet on there. I am now full-on Urza Scarlet is my fairy tale representative. Um, which is great, because before then, I, like, mixed all the characters into one. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll mm-hmm. take Urza any day of the week. Um, so that's that little caveat about that. Um, so, let's get to the person who didn't give a fuck about my story. Arnold! <laughs> what? Tell me some news, bitch. 
Oh man, now I don't give a fuck about the news either. <laughs> well, shit. I guess that's just a millennial thing, huh? You just don't give a fuck about nothing. He's like Arnold's over there, like, okay, boomer. <laughs> don't give him. Don't give him the meme. I've been sitting here waiting for that meme to come out his mouth. <laughs> okay. Okay, Zoomer. Zoomer. Yep. That's so weird. Wait, Arnold, are you? Like, Arnold may be a Zoomer now that I think about it. Arnold is what I'm is appropriately trash, supposed to be a millennial. For some reason, we have conjoined at the hip, and we're part of him, even though we're supposed to be Generation um, Y. Yeah, gener- millennials are mostly Generation Y. I'm not sure where the line is. Arnold, what year were you born? 97. He's definitely I think not he's actually category. slightly out of the millennial group. Yeah, well... Wait, so what would that make me? Hold on, I'm going to find this a out. A hyper-millennial? Uh, Arnold, give us the news while I find this out. All right, so <laughs> I got I got some little gaming news. Okay. Uh, for you follow fans out there, I know there's quite <laughs> a lot of you because somehow Bethesda's selling out this fucking fall-off first premium memberships. Wait, they're selling out of those memberships? Not, they're not, no, I don't mean like selling out like, oh, you can't buy it anymore. But like, oh, okay. selling a lot of them. Apparently. I was like, fuck. Oh, go ahead. Uh... Their newest update brought a bug where if you reload your gun, yes. your armor stats went down. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, we all love that when you're in the heat of combat. You got to reload your gun. Oh, shit, I have zero defense. Now. You know, all I think about is that they're like those pump-action shotguns and that when the um, casing shoots out, it, like, burns holes <laughs> into your armor. You're like, click it. <laughs> yeah, just, you know. And it actually does that on legendary armor too. Wow. So now there is a quick fix. All you gotta do is take it off and put it back on. Okay. But so if you're not... like fighting a whole horde, you're not about to open up your fucking menu because then you're gonna die. I really think, if I'm honest, and I don't like thinking about this, but I really think Bethesda will either reduce in size significantly come next fall or be dead by 2021 2021 why take so long why not 2020 because realistically bethesda is a large company and they could release something that maintains them if they let fallout go because remember we have the elder scrolls 6 right is it 6 6 yeah elder scrolls 6 6. so elder scrolls 6 is supposedly coming at some point so, Elder Scrolls Six may keep them floating for a moment. It's kind of like how Diablo Four will probably get Blizzard some more money. But let's be honest, Blizzard has already dug a grave so deep that they'll probably now remain at the lower end of the AAA spectrum. And mm. Bethesda probably is the same. Like I, I think, I think Bethesda, unless they change what they're doing have shown too much of their crap and obsidian now is going to fill that void up like real talk i don't know that's what i think um what else news you got there Arnold? uh some other news yeah that was just a little short bit for fallout nothing new honestly but that's the pathetic i stole that from from jim i'm sorry jim mm-hmm. but i watch your show don't worry I, I don't think he'll be offended <laughs> that you took his word. Um, <laughs> I've been following a little him for something a while. with Battlefield Five. I don't know who the fuck still plays this game. Um, Somebody does. 
Apparently, at the beginning of the game's life cycle, they introduced an update where they made bullets do less damage or something, so people just became bullet sponges. Mm. And then later, they reversed it because, you know, people fucking hated the update. And now they just... They redid that update, basically, but under, like, a new name. Hmm. But it's messed up the entire formula again. That's weird. You know, that's always a thing that is strange to me. Like, it seems like it would be challenging to balance, like, damage formulas in games. It is, actually. A lot of people... Well, well, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. But, like, Battlefield... The Battlefield series has been known for, like, realistic... It's yeah, like yeah. it's really weird to suddenly go into like, hey, now yeah. we're going to go for like hey, Halo man, my levels. Hey, action of... shotgun. I'm going to shoot 12 rounds in you. Oh, you're still not dead? What the fuck? Suddenly, people turned into anime characters who yep. don't die until they're, uh, until they're, uh, let's also just rupture here. Yep. <laughs> I, just rupturing everywhere. I have seen like, a lot of talk about how damage is done well in certain games, and one of this the games... sounds like a topic for another episode, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. Shh, don't tell the fans. <laughs> I I make these notes down as we talk. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I was going to say you that heard Dragon this is not top yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hear I and I hear I know that Dragon Quest does it really well because it keeps the numbers low. So. Mm. We'll get into that, of course, like in the episode that we just mentioned. But like, it definitely having low numbers helps. I I believe when it comes mm-hmm. to generating numbers correctly. Um, but yeah, what else you got, Arnold? Any more in that bag of news? Uh, just two more things of gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sec- the third thing being, um, now I don't know if you guys knew this, but when Black Ops Four came out, you actually couldn't check now. You guys might not care. I don't care anymore because I don't play Call of Duty anymore. But you know that there's like a, a leaderboard, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever has the biggest dick has to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's Black Ops Four when they when they actually took out they took out the leaderboard of the game. You now had to instead install an app for it to hmm. see how big your dick is now from your phone. But so now the <laughs> in the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They didn't have that apparently. They didn't. There's no app for it. Instead, mm-hmm. you have to you have to buy a bundle that costs twenty dollars to get a fucking watch that tells you your KDA. I'm not surprised at this anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunately. It's I believe just... it's a bundle. I couldn't find anything. Because you said it. this is with um, Call of Duty, this, right? This is the newest Call of Duty, the remake of the first game. Activision, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so the reason I ask this is because this doesn't sound too far from um, what World of Warcraft actually did a long time ago. It wasn't about your KDA. It was actually a neat little idea where you got these like little keychain devices that help secure your World of Warcraft account. Yeah, they did those for SWTOR too. Yeah. And they're not a bad idea, but it's a physical device that you still have to pay for. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I actually so, own one for Swotor. I think it's somewhere around here still. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and so those are like kind of in that same vein, where you're purchasing an additional amount of money for something they could honestly make a cheap app for. 
Well, yeah, like, fact, what just what just makes people mad though is like every other Call of Duty had a skill or a leader a leaderboard, but now it's okay. You need an app. Okay, now you need to pay for it. Well, Activision needs to start making money for all those fans it's losing. <laughs> so, well, you gotta milk them while they're still here. Milk the people who are still here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Also, I need to do more digging into this, but apparently there's a new patent. People have found out that Activision did a little oh. naughty again. Something about skill-based matchmaking. Oh, God. <laughs> they do that all the time. And I think EA did something like that. They did. It would be. I'm, pretty, I'm actually pretty sure I discussed something like that. Yeah, division is getting into the yeah, and it's something now. it's something that they've done before in order to incentivize people to like want to purchase excuse me in game items and stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, like when they I don't remember which Call of Duty game it was. So basically, when you bought a loot box, you actually had to open it in the middle of the game, and people would see the loot box open up. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? Pretty much. And FOMO uh, <laughs> button. Yep, mm-hmm. FOMO button right there. And yeah. now my last bit of news actually has an update to it. Now, you guys know what Rocket League is, right? Yes. Yeah. A, we have a know. friend from college who absolutely loved that game. Like, loved that game. I yeah, I've heard, I've heard some good about. things about this game when it first came out. Now, apparently, later on in its life, they added loot box in it. Yep. Now, they've taken that out, but mm-hmm. they've added a new system, where now it's a blueprint system. They drop, you get, you know... You instead of playing for a loot box, which you don't know what it have in it, it drops a blueprint, and now you know what you're gonna get. Which sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds better. No, not really. But go ahead. <laughs> well, 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 theoretically, it's better. Theoretically, you know it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get something you work toward rather than just getting something random. And you know, if it's something you don't want, you don't gotta invest into it. But right. the price originally. Four of these cosmetics were fucking expensive, apparently. One of them being, like, $15. Now, the update to this, though, is this, this is coming from a news article I saw on uh, Kotaku. Uh, apparently, the backlash that followed this, um, the producer, or the publishers, had a, now slashed the prices. You said they had to slash the price. The, they had to slice the prices of the item in half. Wow. And players who have already bought the items are will be refunded the difference, which is kind of nice, I guess. I guess. I mean, but they shouldn't have done Why even do it in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess. I honestly, when it comes to these things, I'm not even surprised anymore. And it's just kind of like... I don't even know. I don't even know if I have words at this point. I'm just like, y'all really think people are gonna be okay with this still? Like, you keep doing it. Like, just just stop it. Just stop. Like, that game is old at this point. It would be like, because I've been looking at a lot of free-to-play games that I never really wanted to play, and I've been thinking for my own like research and thought processes over it that I would try them out like one i've been thinking about playing warframe um it's on the switch it's a cool looking game it's free i probably play it for a little bit i don't like free to play games too much and i don't like online um games too much but it's like if you start charging extraneous amounts for a game like that 
Um, I just... It's hard to understand it when it comes to certain games, and Rocket League is just one of those, I guess. Companies don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have too much um, gaming news. I have been doing more gaming research and exploration on a couple of games to get my thoughts over on some stuff down the line, doing some catching up on some manga. Um that I wanted to read before I kind of think of other ideas. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I really just have announcements for things I'm excited about. Um, Sports Story, the sequel to Golf Story, is coming out on the Switch next year. Um, It looks pretty cool. You can play tennis and baseball in it in this one, all sorts of stuff. Um, Saw the trailer for Normal Heroes 3, Mm -hmm. the extended one. Um, not the one where he's, like, getting the, like, mecha suit on and flying up. That actually, I saw that trailer on one of Nintendo Directs a while ago. That one's old to me. But this new one where it's, like, a little anime short and it introduces the villains. And that was super cool. Um, I love No More Heroes. I'm a big fan of No More Heroes. It's weird. It reminds me of when I got into all those weird games. Um, well, a little bit after. I was into them already. But, like, the Devil May Cries, the Metal Gears, the Beautiful Joes. Like, just strange games that, like, at the time weren't crazy big. Metal Gear kind of was. But, like, they weren't always huge. And even now, they're kind of big, but not really like, I think people play them now for the ironicness that it is, as opposed to me, who, like, as a kid, was like, this is speaking to me. This is so weird. Um, and, and both ways are fine. Um, but this this is something I'm excited about. And I'm also excited for, kind of excited, I don't know if this would be good or not, but Bravely Default 2 is getting released on the Switch. Um the Bradley Default series is, of course, a very hardcore JRPG game. I think was made. It was made. It was published by Square. I forget who developed it, but the same group of people who developed Octopath Traveler. Um, and Octopath Traveler is amazing. Um, visually, musically, gameplay-wise, is great. Story could use a little work, but was still overall a good story, in my opinion. Um, so, the fact that Bravely Default 2 is coming out, I am excited. Um, I think they make really good classical-style JRPGs. Um, outside of that, yeah, I've been playing Pokemon. Still enjoying that game. Love that damn game. Um, been watching some Let's Plays of Death Stranding. <laughs> I am learning more about that game by looking at it being played because I will not pay money for that game unless it's like 10 bucks. That game... That game should have been a movie. And yeah, I can, I can see that. It's, it is a movie. It really is. Because looking at the gameplay, I think it has a lot of artistic merit. But I don't think it's a good game gameplay-wise. I think it is 
tedious and obtuse to the point of being like art school student final project level. Mm. It's like the fade to dark and hear the gunshot, basically. <laughs> um, and it is, it's not bad to watch, but to play it would drive me mad. Like, I've been watching people on, on Kotaku who really like the game. Um, Tim and Heather? I think Heather's her name. Um, sorry if I got that wrong. But Tim Rogers and Heather have been playing it, and they really like this game. And they're talking about all the cool stuff. And, and I I see it. I think it's awesome. And if they weren't narrating this game, I would not be getting any of that. Because watching your character run for literally 10 minutes and I, and when i say run i need you guys to understand he runs like solid snake runs but you know how solid snake only needs to run from short point a to short point b no no this guy is covering the video game equivalent of a couple of miles so Ooh. watching that and he's running realistically. And if he has something on his back, he does realistic motions to it. It's not as cool as it sounds. Um, but yeah, still still learning more about that game. I think I want to explore that game at a distance, like a stalker. Um, but yeah, Dustin, you got any news? Um honestly not really um one thing i do want to mention that i did not realize is because this was something up in the air um those of y'all that like arxis stuff uh grand blue fantasy the uh mobile game actually it's more of a browser game which is even stranger um you know never got really it got an english release but it was like a southeast asian english release like there wasn't like a, a global server per se um, it didn't really get like an official release in the United States. And so I was always a little bit iffy as to whether um, we would get a uh, release of the fighting game that Arxis has been working on. Very pretty game. Um, apparently we are, which is very strange to me. Like sometime in 2020, there'll be an English release of that game. So Wait, I, I thought we always were getting that. I, apparently we are. I just wasn't sure if it, I like. I, I maybe we always were. I don't know. I, it seemed weird to me that we would get one at first because it was such a, um, you know, since like I said, the the game it's based on was not really. Uh, oh, I thought we were getting it. Maybe we were. Maybe I was out of the loop, but I knew we didn't ever get the original game, and it's been around for like years. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that but, is good to know. Yeah. Um. I it's was under the impression. Um, I think, let's see, um, I think that's about it. <laughs> okay. Like, um, yeah, not much news this week. I've, cool. I've been kind of, I've been working very, very busy with work. Um, it's finals week. And I'm yeah. In education. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been busy myself like a lot and not sleeping like at all. Um, but like. Yeah, so, not a lot of news, that's fine, because today's episode is brought to you by Ice Cubes. Uh, 
I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say Raji by the letters I, C, and E. Oh no no! Brought to you, brought to you by Ice Cubes. You can find them in your refrigerator, or anywhere else, and outside currently probably. Um, no, on where you are. Yeah, but real talk. Um, it is cold here in the Georgias, and I wanted to kind of have a little bit of a themey episode because of the weather. And the more I thought about this, the more I want to do it on a lot of elements. But today, we're going to just cover ice. And I wanted to discuss, like, um, the concept of ice in nerd media, what that means, and how it's brought to the forefront in a lot of things. Because I see it a lot in many different forms um, of nerd media. And so, um, this I told, um, and just like kind of to see how the, the sausage is made here, everyone listening, I let Dustin Arnold know that it's just on ice. I didn't say anything else. I was just like, it's ice and nerd media. Bring to the table whatever you have. So this will be really interesting to see what they have. I have a lot. Um, and so I guess to be fair to them, I'll start off. That is my cat. That is not me. Uh, what? It's actually a soundbite I'm playing right now. Wh- why? It is not a soundbite. It is my actual cat. I do not well, know. There might be the sound of biting, depending on how how ornery the cat is today. Tato, go. He is like looking daggers into my soul. And special guest star, Tato. Get out of here. I'm I'm recording. I like that he did that for Island Q. And he is like blinking that soft little cat blink where he's like, "I'm not doing anything wrong." That that look of you think you can tell me what to do? You think you're the boss here? <laughs> I'll let him get him out of that. Hold on, come on. God damn cat. Okay, so now with my cat in my lap, let us go into a little bit of ice. So when you think of ice, Arnold and Dustin, whatever you want to say it. What comes to your mind when it comes to nerd media? Like, just pick a word. Level. Okay, Dustin. For some reason, I think of X-Men. <laughs> those both work, and both are things that I've put down. Um, so, let's, let's, cover, let's cover the obvious one that Arnold just said. So, Arnold said level. So, when you think ice levels in video games, which are very popular... Oh, yes. And a lot of people don't like, apparently. Right, okay. So, when you think of ice levels in video games, what does that bring to your thought? What does that bring to your head? What goes on? I think of super fighting robots. Because... (laughs) Super fighting robots? Yeah, because uh, so many Mega Man games have an ice level like even if yes. it's not even necessarily an ice boss yes they will work in an ice level yes like not every game but i would say at least 85 I'll, to 90 percent. I'll get a specific number on how many games don't have ice levels but, huh by the way uh, on that oh note, well don't get, you don't have to get a specific number but i do want to kind of this out. i did want to go into it a little bit so you said like Mega Man has ice levels and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i was going to say i'm going 
all the way out in the outskirts of the Mega Man world, and I'm going into Legends, and I'm going to Legends 2 with um, Kalinka, which is the oh, town. Oh, Kalinka and the Kalinka ruins. Right. right. The so, ice level. Yeah. So a lot of Mega Man Legends 2 actually takes place around the cold. Like, there's a lot of ice and a lot of snow. And for me, this this particular level in video games actually sums up what my idea of ice has always been and almost all games. Not that it's necessarily difficult, but when it comes to video games, ice has always been isolating um, and also very sleepy. When I think of ice, I always think of sleeping. Maybe because you'll... Well, yes, but... I was going a little bit darker and going, if you stay out in the cold for too long, you'll fall asleep and die. But mm-hmm. like, but no, yeah, like hibernation, it brings those forms of like, ironically, ice makes you think of warmth because you're wanting warmth, you know? And yeah, I'm thinking of laying down and dying. <laughs> and so when I look at Kalinka, it is a snowy village, a snowy town where you can go outside and you can go around in the snow, but you can't see too far out. Also, like, some Mm. of the finalized boss battles are in the snow, you know? And so that kind of... Ice, to me, also brings this idea of, like, finality and the end and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, wasn't Kalika the one with the... Or Kalika? How do you pronounce that, anyway? I pronounce it Kalinka. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but whatever the case... Uh, wasn't that the one where you fought the weird wolf reaver bots? Like yes. the, you're in the blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, it is for me. Ice in video games typically um, has that kind of strong idea, and I think when Arnold was thinking of ice, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you thinking a little bit of the Zelda ice? Yeah, I was thinking of the. From Legend is from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Zoro's, Zoro's domain is uh, frozen over. Yeah, go into that. <clears throat> Hold on, sorry, my throat. No, you're fine. Um, well, I just found it like I don't know why that's the first thing that popped up in my head. Honestly, I just remembered was the path going towards them entirely frozen? Or was it just Zoro's domain? I don't remember. So, and maybe I can kind of pick your brain a little bit here when it comes to it. So. The reason the Zora's Domain, I feel, sticks in people's head when it's frozen is that, think about it this way. What's the last level you technically play in Legend of Zelda as a kid before you get trapped in Ocarina of Time? Not gonna lie, I don't remember. Oh, it's well, it's Zora's Domain. You go into oh, the okay. fish. So, Oh, you get the boomerang, and that's... Right. I mean, you get the boomerang, you're like, oh, oh man, yeah, Jabu, 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 and then Jabu, don't Jabu. fucking use it. Yeah, so here's the thing. So you go into you go into the fish, you're in the Zora's Domain. That's your final dungeon for Child Link. Then you are trapped, you age, and then you leave. One of the first things, well, not one of the first things, but one of the things that you have to do afterwards is go and fall out Zora's Domain. So in your head... This was the last thing you did as a child in uh, Ocarina of Time. And thus, when you get there, you can remember 
also one of the things is is that it's very personal. This is the first time Link technically gets like a a love interest in the game that like fancies him and expresses it. There's a lot of work involved. Zora's domain is really quiet, serene, and beautiful, as opposed to your the um, Kakariko Village, which is kind of bustling, full of your friends. It's a familiar home. It's green and alive, as opposed to Death Mountain, which is mm. full of these like obnoxiously rolling around Gorons, and you have to dance, and it's lively and hot. Zoro's domain rocks. magma falls on you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very destructive. But when you get to the Zora's Domain, it's kind of peaceful. It's kind of mm-hmm. elegant and serene and takes a lot of work. And so then you see it's frozen. So going through that process just alone to get to the Ice Cavern is like, it's it's kind of like a process of, um, of recognizing where you've been and what's happened with this destruction of the world. Um, and I always find that pretty cool. Um, because yes, when I thought ice levels, the first thing I thought about was the ice level in Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah. Dustin, care to share before we get more into ice levels? I, I did want to go on to you guys' initial thoughts a little bit. Why did X-Men come up for you? The, the uh, obvious one, clearly. <laughs> uh, obviously because, uh, when I was a kid, when, I, well, I'll be 100% honest. I believe my first introduction to X-Men was probably the cartoon. Um, I think I was in the comics by that point, but yeah. I do think I read the I saw the cartoon before I read the comic. But I always remember as a kid, um, I liked a lot of characters from the cartoon, but I was introduced to the comics pretty early by uh, virtue of, and this is going to show how old I am, um, by virtue of like a, a basically a box of assorted comics that I think Same. came from the, uh, I think came from the Sears catalog of all places. Huh. Um, but anyway, it was like a box of a sort. A lot of them were reprints of really old comics, like the original X-Men and things like that. Um, so not really valuable, but like reprints of those old comics. And I read the the very first issue of X-Men um, really early. And uh, <laughs> the characters are different. Well, mostly. Well, not really all that different. They are kind of different. Angel, you've got Cyclops, you've got Jean Grey, you've got Beast, all of whom, although if you're a kid, you're confused as to why Beast is not blue. And right, right, right yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you've got Iceman, who has the coolest power, not not just Punny there. I didn't intend the, the pun. Um, but um, he's not. It. he wasn't in the show, except he was a guest star. <laughs> um, but yeah, but when I was a kid, I was always disappointed that Iceman wasn't a regular in the show because he was such a neat character to me as a kid. He's still a neat character to me. Bobby Drake is a great X-Men. Yes. Um, actually... Both Bobby Drake's, apparently, because right now they've been doing some stuff with, like, the original team being time displaced. And, yeah. yeah. I I will say this. Okay. So, think about um, Iceman and X-Men. One, very similar to Dustin, actually. I believe my first actual recognition of X-Men was through the cartoon. But... I was already into comics then as well. My grandma bought me a box of comics, which also contained the original um, issues of X-Men. And I read that comic as well with the uh, original um, five? Uh, original yeah. five um, X-Men. Because mm-hmm, it was the four guys and then Jean Grey, who was originally the tag-along, despite being uh, one of super the most powerful. powerful ones. And so... 
I originally re remember reading that. And at that time, same thing, you're a kid, Iceman is the coolest one. Iceman is actually my first favorite superhero. Oh, nice. Um, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. Well, take that back. Iceman was my first favorite Marvel superhero. My first favorite superhero is the Flash. So, huh. in these order, <laughs> Flash is my first favorite superhero. Iceman is my first favorite superhero from Marvel. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Spider-Man did not become my favorite superhero until much later. Mm. Um, but, um, like, when I, I say much later, I was six when I got these <laughs> comics. So, like, yeah. seven or eight. When, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> so, that, that, that box also introduced me to uh, a longtime favorite of mine, which is Iron Man. I had the first experience of him in that box, too. Yeah, I had some Iron Man comics as well. And so, like, for me, Iceman, honestly, he was just cool. And I, he, for me personally, I don't know what it was about this. And it's not, I, I can no longer say this is a typical boy thing because it spreads across the spectrum here, but it's a typical kid thing. Iceman was cool to me because he could surf. He, <laughs> he could put, he could put our skateboard or slide, whatever you want to call it. He could put out a platform of ice and he traveled on that ice to move around. Everyone else either walked or fly and flying and walking in comics is as common as common as breathing. But he could surf. He is also responsible for why I liked the Silver Surfer as a kid. Because he was basically Iceman without the ice. You know, so, it's a little bit of comic trivia here. This is a little bit of a side. Do you know the reason why Silver Surfer was on a surfboard? I remember this. Like... I Basically, remember knowing this. Like a dumb reason why. It's a and silly Jack, reason. Jack Kirby was just yeah. tired of throwing spaceships. Yeah. So he put the dude on the surfboard. Yeah, I remember being really silly. And it sounds like a Jack Kirby move. And, like, I definitely remember liking Silver Surfer because he matched up with um, Iceman a little bit. And Iceman was definitely just cool. Period. Cool. Um, yeah. At least for me. Which leads me... Into another area that we're going to go into a little bit here. And that ice characters typically represent a couple of things. And that's cool, standoffishness, and mm -hmm. like um, kind of an inner fury or fire. Like yeah. the ice characters. There's a hardness to them. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. There's always that. So now that we've kind of explored the two topics of the ice levels and characters which one do you guys want to go into first we'll let arnold take the lead here if he wants to <laughs> we've just been having our x-men discussion here arnold choose your weapon of either level level or levels are characters uh, I guess levels. All right. So, we already talked about a little bit of Legend of Zelda. Well, I have a couple of levels to talk about. Um, first and foremost, let's go to a level that we all know. Shadow Moses. 
from the Metal Gear Solid series. Shadow Moses. Shadow Moses. Infiltrate Shadow Moses. <laughs> Shadow Moses is by far one of my favorite things about Metal Gear Solid, period. Um, Shadow which Moses. Game, which game is this one? Ah, Metal well, here Solid. I go. Here I was going to say. Metal Gear Solid 1 mm-hmm. is the entirety. It's all in Shadow Moses. However, mm-hmm. in Metal Gear Solid 4, you return to Shadow Moses. So let's break this down a little bit because I find it gosh darn interesting. Um, so Just a preface. I actually never beat you never, you never beat what? Metal Gear Solid 4. Well, you play 5, so I don't care. I was going to say... <laughs> All right. <laughs> See how it is. <laughs> well, honestly, okay, before I do go into it... I played the most non-Metal Gear. Metal right, I was going to be like, do you even care? You play 5. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually I, didn't play 4 because I didn't have a PS3. And I don't mean that as an insult either, Arnold. I mean that as a genuine question. Do you care about the story of Metal Gear? Because you did play 5. Oh my god, isn't the story so great? Yeah, uh-huh. It was so good that I heard that the creator stayed with Konami for a whole nother... <laughs> um, it's surely, and he was so happy with it, he definitely didn't leave the company entirely. It's not like him make and, a movie into a game. And several of his workers and friends at the place didn't infiltrate video games and place different little gotchas at Konami to <laughs> basically show off to them. Well, no, qu- real question, Arnold. Before I do go into it, let me know. Do I don't. You... I don't actually care. Okay, you don't mind us fuller. Cool. Awesome. Because <laughs> here we go. So, Shadow Moses is the entirety of the original Metal Gear Solid game. You infiltrate. For those who don't know, sorry. Oh, oh for the okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna, say, I was gonna go say it's the entirety of the the Metal Gear Solid game. You go into what's essentially this form of military base, and you're yeah. supposed to infiltrate it for some information. Yada yada yada. Metal Gear is awesome. So yeah. the entire level is technically an ice level. Yeah, it's, um, it's a base in Alaska. So. Yes, it's a base in Alaska. Snow all over. Most of the game, however, you are inside. Um, However, you have a few levels where you are outside. And almost every single time you are outside, there are almost always enemies and are a boss battle. And Mm -hmm. I think that adds on to the severity of, like, the cold being dangerous and harmful to you over time. But because of that, it also makes when you go inside almost inviting, even though you know there's enemies around... (laughs) You feel a little bit better when you come inside from the cold. And almost all Metal Gear Solid games do this. They don't do this in 3, but they can't do this in 3. Because you're technically in the jungle for most of the time. But hey man, They could pull a Mario and put the ice level right next to it. <laughs> Good lord. Um, but... The jungle is right next to the desert. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, with the giant mountain blocking it all. But, um, but I was going to say... Is that makes your works, right? Right? Exactly. But um, um, in Metal Gear Solid, they use the original form of ice to be imposing and dangerous and um, like scary almost. I want to say scary, but like it, it sets up warning signs. Now, let's move to Metal Gear Solid 4, which, okay, you return to Shadow Moses later on. Also, Wait, hold on real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Shadow Mo- was that the one they actually remade for GameCube? 
Yes. Yeah, that was the one that no, that no, was the no. one that was remade as uh, Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes. Yeah. Oh Twin yeah, Snakes. hold on, I have played it. Then I'm trying to remember. I know you've played the original played one. Yeah, I know you've played that one. No, I didn't play the. Re- I played Twin Snakes. The remake. Well, yeah, I, I'm sorry. You made the remake. You played the remake of the original one, which I would argue is technically better. Yeah, you don't have it's, the, well, you, it's a very you don't have remake. to you don't have to look at their heads jump up and down. So yeah, and it's just it's a well, well done remake. It's, it's a very like good the, remake. Uh, actually, it's said, I still haven't been down. Either. Oh my goodness! So okay, so as you guys, as you could see, Metal Gear is not exactly my forte. <laughs> so coming to Metal Gear Solid Four, you mm-hmm. return to Shadow Moses in the middle of the game. Now. Everything in Shadow Moses is mostly preserved, which adds on to the other element of like um, ice in both nature and in some um, some anime and video games and everything else is that the idea of like um, preserving something or keeping something still or sleep. And what I mean by that is how many times have you played a video game, watched an anime, looked at a cartoon where they release something from an icy prison or that something is buried deep beneath the ice? You know, take anything you want. Dragon Ball Z, the world's strongest movie, you were releasing um, Dr. Willow. Willow. Dr. Willow from the ice with prison the Dragon Balls, with less. the Dragon Balls in the snow. He's breaking out of the ice. With Shadow Moses and Metal Gear Solid 4, you are getting like this encapsulation of what the old game was. You are mm-hmm. retracing steps. And I just find that gosh darn brilliant. Um, as you guys can all see, I'm a <laughs> very big Metal Gear Solid fan to the degree that it's almost fanatical. And it is the sole reason why I did not play Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I just find that really cool about how Metal Gear Solid treats Shadow Moses a little bit. I have. I can just say. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I really like, on the note of Ice, uh, how well, even on the even with the blocky PlayStation One graphics, how well um, Metal Gear um, emphasizes, I guess, the environment of Shadow Moses even from the get-go. In that. Um, when Snake infiltrates at the very in the very first stage, you get this little backdrop of him coming in on the uh, one man submersible um, that you can see his breath and you can see other people's breath. Like even the mm-hmm. graphics, they mm-hmm. include that detail to show, which I think is a testament to to Kojima's uh, emphasis on like some somewhat on environmental storytelling and wanting to make it really cinematic. Is that you get that uh, even from the final moment you get there, you can tell. Oh yeah, this is really cold. Kojima has always been good at drafting a story and using his game to show that very well. Mm-hmm. He has done it the best when he has someone slapping his wrist and saying, you can't do that. Because oh, as yeah. we hey, see... Make, with, make it a fun game, not just a... <laughs> don't just make it your little art project, Kojima, with all your friends in it. But now, Kojima is rich and has a bunch of rich friends, and now he has made that art piece which is called Death Stranding. We'll get into that one day. So, um... I actually did want to bring up one more thing. Yeah, I actually remember mm-hmm. from my playthrough, or my, my time playing um, the remake, Twin Snakes, is that, you know, when you're in the military building, the only times you, you only ever get caught is either 
a scripted sequence or you didn't hide properly. Mm-hmm. But out in the snowy areas a few times, mm-hmm. you actually leave tracks, which is like the one few areas where the enemies can actually attempt to hunt you down. Oh, yeah, that's true. See, it adds another layer to mm-hmm. like that idea that snow, ice, cold is more dangerous than other elements presented yeah. to them. Because when you're inside the base, you can just like throw something, make a sound. Okay, there's a sound over here. Let's check it out. Then snakes like in the fucking across the hallway, sneaking away. But in the snow, it's like, oh, hold up. Where mm-hmm. these tracks come from? And they will follow Ain't no you. one throwing shoes, making them tracks like that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I don't want to hog all the levels because I have others. Don't worry about that. So, do you guys have any levels that stick out or things you want to elaborate on with some ice in levels and games? Hold on. I'm about to blow my nose. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Arnold blows his nose. I'm going to mute myself real quick so you don't hear it. Okay. Uh, I am always... Uh, I always associate ice levels primarily with um, Mega Man, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Just because they've... Well, because I've played a lot of those games. Um, but also just because of the sheer um, frequency of them. And they often have very... Um, like, memorable aesthetics. And not just aesthetics, but also mu- like... Um, musically because anybody anybody who's this thing hasn't played the Mega Man games much um one of the things that makes make those games the experience they are as simple as they are is the sound design um Mm -hmm. but um yeah some of those same elements i think are present in those i know one of the recurring elements also the slippery floors that's always the extra stage hazard in those games since Mm -hmm. they are platformers um but yeah like you were saying that sort of frozen um one of the ones that stands out me the most is Frost Walrus's stage from Mega Man X. That's X Four, yeah, that was X Four. it actually has frozen old robots. I think there's references to some of the old bosses. They're like frozen in the background. The yeah, points like yeah. Blizzard Buffalo, I think, which was another ice boss. It's like in the background at one point. It's like a like frozen solid. Uh huh. Yeah. No. 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 I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, and it's kind of think of uh, I'm trying. To, I think that is the one too that has the random snowstorms occasionally that just kind of are there to kind of add some atmosphere. I just want to emphasize to the audience that once again, the theme of preservation and <laughs> dangerousness has been presented <laughs> once into ice levels. Continue, Dustin. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's always a recurring thing. I know that they use the uh, with those games too. There's a lot of emphasis on spiders <laughs> on, on the ice on, levels, yeah. Especially because, well, there's a lot of emphasis on those that don't know. There's a lot of emphasis on spikes in Mega Man. Anyway, often the uh, the death spikes are a, a recurring stage hazard in a lot of games. But in that, in those in particular, they use the 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 decor for icicles. You have like yeah, like a lot more stalactites mm. are like present there, um, and yeah. Like, there's a lot more of that present in those levels. So even jumping, which is a common thing in Mega Man games, is even more hazardous because you may jump up into a spike. And you may jump up onto a platform, which is slick, and you move more than you intended to into mm-hmm. a spike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I levels also are notorious for having, like, platforms disappear. Like, they're made out of snow. So yeah, when you, like, they'll, step they'll on them. Yes. Or the um, ice ones will sometimes crack and then break 
Uh huh. Yeah. Heck, I just thought about it. Celeste is like ninety percent platforming and snow. So like you know, um, yeah, yeah. Mega Man's a good one. That's a good one to pick out for there. Arnold. Uh, this one actually comes that um a nice level that comes to my mind is from the first Metroid Prime game. The really, you and, don't say. Uh, I didn't look this up or anything and waited for you to actually say. Alright, so I'm changing my ice level. No! Ice level I didn't want to bring up. My prediction must continue. Was actually when in Metroid Fusion. No! Go to Prime! What are you doing? (laughs) She was dying for the fucking cold. Go to Prime! She ain't got her suit on. Stop! Go back to Prime. Yeah, go back to Prime. I'm actually interested. I actually was thinking of that looked up some stuff and actually stopped myself from looking it up because I figured you would bring it up organically and I wanted to hear you take it away. So go ahead. Sorry about that. All right. Do that shit again. I'm going to switch it. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch just threatened me on my fucking... Um, <laughs> of the first... Actually, the first thing that hit my mind when I think about this level is the music. Uh-huh. The music is like really... Like for... When you think of like an ice level or ice world, you think it's like it's bearing, right? You right. think it there's not usually a lot of life, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's fucking cold. And if there is life, it's usually like very like hungry predators or like monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And but now the Fendra, by the way, the level for this is called the Fendrana Drifts, I believe, something like that. The music is actually rather calming, hmm. which is like. Completely opposite what you think of an ice level. You don't think of, of calm music. You think of like. Are you thinking music. that the music would be eerie? Yeah, you think the music would be eerie, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's actually rather calming. And unlike most ice levels in games, like where shit's fucking slippery, you're gonna slip in two seconds. This uh, this doesn't occur in that level. Now I'm assuming it's because Sam's suit has like. <laughs> like a Tesla mode traction control is on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lordy. <laughs> um, but even then, like they're the preservation part you're talking about, monsters hide themselves in the ice. One, to, you know, to jump on prey. But two, they have ice on their back, which mm-hmm. um, which helps them camouflage, but it also keeps them um, just the top of their back is frozen. The rest of the body is not frozen. Mm-hmm. Which they keep underground, I guess, to preserve, to preserve their heat. Yeah, and to insulate not fucking, themselves. Yeah, to insulate themselves. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I didn't know all of that, but it definitely does um, add to the element of preservation present <laughs> in ice levels. Also, real quick, just wanted to say a little, a little not Easter egg, but the boss for this level was changed apparently hmm. it was supposed like it was supposed to be like this big ice golem i think but they changed it to something else like a bigger version of that monster huh uh, i know that rap- raptor things i think i i think am i think it's like that i don't remember hmm. I, I, I know that um yeah metroid always reason i'm sorry what is this i was gonna say any uh any knowledge of like what the reason was they decided to change it um, no, not really. People don't really know why they decided to change the boss fight. 
<laughs> By the it way, I'm gonna share the link for that music if y'all want to hear it. Okay, I, I I like Metroid music. It's really good. Um, I will check that out in a moment. I was going to actually say this. So, um, I have two levels. I'm, I'm going to say it and talk about them together because they're from the same series. Um, and they are Narshi in Final Fantasy VI and the Ice Cavern in Final Fantasy IX. They both take place um, near the beginning of the game. One is very at the beginning. For Final Fantasy VI, it is the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's the intro level. It's the intro level. It's your prologue. And so, in Narsha, you are ex- basically a tool of the military um, in that game. And at that point, that makes the level cold and it feels industrial. You're literally inside of a machine, the Magitek armor at that time in the game and your character is still under their like influence and work and so even she is coming off a little distant and like foreboding and that presents a very good like and even in that level the music and everything is steel like it's calm and remains and i actually saw this i didn't notice this until i actually like i knew everything up until this point but um tim rogers was playing it um, in one of his streams at one point, and he pointed this out. I think it's really fascinating that the music for that level sticks with your character up until you get to um, Edgar's kingdom. Like, it's it stays in the game world. It doesn't change until you've gotten to a place of warmth in, like, a different direction. You know, it changes up a good bit, and it shows a dynamic shift of, like, this sense of like death and like stillness that's present in that game at the beginning of the game and it sets up for when you meet all these lively characters. Um, what I then later found, well not found, but another level that's in the Final Fantasy series that I think is really, really cool is Final Fantasy IX, which is the Ice Cavern. Final Fantasy IX, by the way, for anyone who needs to know, is my favorite Final Fantasy game and is in my top 10 games of all time. Um, I love Final Fantasy IX, even though I have slowly found out that I don't like Final Fantasy that much anymore. I'm kind of tired of it. Um, IX is still amazing. Um, (laughs) Final Fantasy IX, I gotta really just say it's one of the best games of all time. Everyone just play Final Fantasy IX. Fuck is good. But Final Fantasy IX has an ice cavern in the game. And when you're in that game, um... What actually happens at some point is that all your characters fall asleep except Zidane. And Zidane has to venture forth and fight an ice mage with, like, basically an ice dragon kind of serpent creature. And this adds on a couple of layers to the themes in ice that I always see. One, solitude. Zidane is by himself. He is the only person that fights this boss, thus making the difficulty level really high because you're fighting two very powerful creatures by yourself with an attacker character who has no healing abilities. Um, it has the idea of sleep, which where your characters are literally asleep. Um, there's death because, well, if you don't beat him, he's going to kill you and all your friends. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's also the form of distance because your character is separated from the party. And I think all these elements 
embolden kind of that message of togetherness that Final Fantasy IX presents. Like, Final Fantasy IX is basically one piece in fairy tale and Final Fantasy form. And it's all about your friends and connections. And so Zidane, as a person who likes to help other people and reach out, that's a really good draw on it. And it also does a lot of other things of how each character is together with somebody in their um, because they're all in a group, but each of them have to face their own solitude moments by themselves where they have mm. a lot of introspection that blurs out further into the game's themes. And this all comes from, in my opinion, from that um, that ice level. Because up until that point, you're always with somebody in the game. Even Vivi, who's the first character you get to actually play play in the game, you get a friend in that game at some point. And so it adds to that separation, anxiety, and creation that kind of happens um, that you don't typically get in JRPGs that far into the game. I just find it really neat. Um, but yeah, that's the levels I have. You guys got any more levels? And if not, um, that's okay. <laughs> nothing really i think those really capture a lot of the most iconic levels for me i mean there's a lot of other games that use it because it is such a good go-to mm -hmm. uh, oh one thing that does come to mind is super mario 64 and that darn penguin oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was oh, wondering yeah. if someone was gonna bring up the penguin um yeah that was a really fun level for me that always kind of stuck with me doing the giant like slide race it's just a good use of the aesthetic in a mm -hmm. time where people were experimenting with 3D platforming. Um, and I think it kind of set a standard in some ways that people went, huh, it's ice, sliding. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of sliding, though, another thing that comes to mind, too, for me is um, specific games. I'm drawing a blank on, actually, at the moment. Um, but a recurring theme in top-down games like zelda are the the ice puzzles where you slide on things oh, have to navigate, yes, yes, yes. Um, navigate around lining yourself up because as soon as you leave the non-icy um ground you're gonna like keep moving in the direction you go yes oh that yeah. actually gives me some pokemon vibes too yes, yeah pokemon, pokemon does that. some of that yeah Fuck, those fucking ice puzzles Noise Isn't there a gym leader that had ice puzzles in there? Yes, game? there's I, not was ice. That, it wasn't yeah. gold and silver. There's there's one with ice, but then there's actually when you're in the team rocket area, you have to get on the little pads that give the same simulation. Yeah. And I um, think they started with ice, but that was a, a, using that same concept. Mm -hmm. Well, so no, the team rocket thing came first, but I think ice in the way that you're thinking was already there i was i was referring to the team rocket thing as in like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the uh, I mean, yeah oh, those little spinny things right yeah the spinny things yeah they, i they, think that was the concept pioneered with like oh what's something fun we could do with mm -hmm. ice in a mm -hmm. game because i know there's some like dos games that did. yeah ice that's a very good thing to point out because then that leads on to like another area of ice that can kind of come only in video games and that's frustration <laughs> because with ice levels you have to pick and choose what you're going to do and line yourself up and if you get it right you're fine but if you mess up you kind of have to go all the way back because there's no traction for your character you know and movement's yep. difficult it's one way make your decision and stick with it um so yeah i actually Arnold. did have Go 
Um, another game that has the ice level that I, I can think about. Well, two, but one is really just a room specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, in Metroid Fusion. Uh, <laughs> now, for those who don't know, uh, in the beginning of like Metroid Fusion, uh, Samus is base. She basically loses her iconic orange suit. Like she's wearing like the Baron Central's almost like DNA looking suit, and be and, and she was dying from a parasite, but she was cured by a Metroid vaccine. Mm-hmm. But one of the Metroid's weaknesses is being frozen, so Samus actually can't wield at the beginning of the game any frost weapons. They do like um, later on she gets like frost missiles, but those, those you know those are missiles. That's not like an actual beam because that would conflict with their DNA or some shit. But one of the earliest rooms in the game was a room just covered in ice. As soon as you walk in, you start taking damage. But huh. if you make it all the way to the end of the room, it's a pretty small room, so you can kind of just run in and run back out. The camera actually pans to the left more, so, so it's not on. It's no longer on Samus. It's moving to another room. You see a frozen corpse of Ridley there. And for some reason, that that always stuck to my head. How, and this is not like far into the game. This is like a relatively in the beginning. You can find this room. Could you say that Ridley was <laughs> preserved and nice? Well, per- normally yes, but no, he was dead. But the parasites get to him anyway. So Arnold. Say for this fucking podcast that he was preserved. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin your bit. Right. I will fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> so Will you also preserve him in ice if you do. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. don't preserve me in ice. <laughs> so actually you better be cremated. <laughs> so well, we're not on the fire episode, yeah. So uh, oh, okay. so so and, um Oh go ahead. Uh, I didn't know you had more. Go ahead, Arnold. Yeah, there's, that was just a short bit. My other bit was... Now, this is bringing it back to a first-person shooter, ladies and gentlemen. The ice level in the first Halo game. Are you talking about... I saw that one, too. Are you talking about... Um, Assault on the, Assault control, on the room. control Room? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's You're like looking at the time. same list that I looked at. <laughs> I was going to say... Yeah, go ahead, Arnold. Sorry. That's a good one. That's a good level. Go ahead. It's actually like the first stealth mission, I guess you could say. Kind of. And when you first, like, and a Master Chief gets, like, dropped off in some fucking tunnel somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember the fucking story how he gets there. I think it happens after the library. I don't don't remember. But, um, actually, it might have been, but... Um, obviously there's like grunts and aliens at the beginning. You gotta kill them all. But later on you find out like almost all these aliens are hibernating and sleeping. Mm-hmm. So you actually have the option to eat. And there's like random aliens walking. But if you take them out by instantly killing them by hitting your pistol on their ass. Because that's how you instantly Gentlemen, you hit, hit that bitch in the ass. <laughs> Got a stealth sneak and that 100 pound armor. Actually no, it's like half a ton, ain't it? Half a ton yeah, armor. It's like 600 pounds, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to smack someone in the ass and instantly kill them. So, um, you... I'm going to stop you right there, Arnold, for one second. 
For all, I'm sorry. I hate. No, no, no. You're fine. The, the joke's funny. I, I, because of our current climate, I have to say this. Oh, okay. People who who think it's, it's not. We're not saying actually go smack people's asses. Um, because okay. that has been happening quite a lot lately. Actually, In fact, yeah. There's a thing on our local news around here about that. Yeah. Um, don't smack people's asses because it ain't okay. Keep going, Arnold. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clarify. You should smack alien ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's why but, some uh, people went to twenty eight area fifty one. They wanted oh, to yeah. smack some alien ass. But um, God, that's like weird. The, <laughs> but it's like the first like, time you see aliens sleeping. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't really recall. It is the aliens first aliens time you see the grunts in particular. They're like sleeping. It's kind of cute. Yeah, night. And then you break the shit out of them. (laughs) Actually, did you know that when you're pistol whipping the grunts in particular, I know this from the books, and also if you look at it on the game, you can see it. You're breaking their oxygen tank. They can't breathe in the atmosphere. Oh, wow. You tell me I could just rip that shit off, they die? Well, yeah. Have you seen the grunts' faces? They wear masks. I try not to look at their faces. And they have have masks and they have packs on. (laughs) They can't take in the atmosphere. I think one of the reasons the elites are so powerful is that they're one of the few creatures that can intake most atmospheres in the Covenant. Uh, on the ring, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's always interesting. No, yeah, the the assault um, level is really good, um, in my opinion, just from a level design perspective, but also, like... It's also one of the fucking longest levels of the game. It is very long. It's also one of the more difficult levels on the game. <laughs> um, because you're so outnumbered and stuff like Jeez, that. Jeez, what were those? What are those tank things that had armor and a shield? I forgot their names. They were horrifying. Oh, the hunters. The hunters. The hunters. Yes. Jesus, I remember like when you try to stealth through the entire game. Nope, there's a room that you got to go through with two of them in it. Hunters were my well. They hunt in pairs. They always no, just, are in pairs. I actually didn't. I didn't realize. They're little. They're little worms. That I are know about that. inside they're armor, just, yeah. They're worms inside armor. Yeah, and they um they hunt in pairs. You never see a hunter by themselves. Yeah, they're actually couples. Yeah. Um, oh. I the know more that. you'll see, actually, if I recall correctly, you'll see one more than the other one if you kill it. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. That must be later. Yeah. That's I don't later. know if it's in a person, but like, um, they are. Yeah, they are very interesting. I like hunters. Um. So yeah, I would say that level in. Halo is really good. We're going to do a Halo episode. Halo is very well designed. Um, so, let's get to the cool stuff. But, um, um, so let's actually go into ice characters and not levels, actually. Okay. Um, because I think this is where we get into like the theme of like the coolness thing not just literally being cool but also like colloquial like what's pretty neat and stuff like that in the solitude and the calm because i feel the power in and of itself and also the characters of ice typically share almost all of these traits and i'm going to choose one of the poster boys of anime for ice first is Hitsugaya from Bleach. Yep. Our, our neighborhood short man 
who his Zanpakuto, um, Hyorimaru, yeah, blah, butcher that, Hyorimaru, which is the, it's a, it's the ice sword, basically, the ice, um, Zanpakuto, and it, it actually is the strongest ice Zanpakuto in the series. It's the strongest one, mm-hmm. technically, but because he's younger, it's still not as formed. It's a giant ice dragon. They can yep. summon in the moisture and liquid in the area and use it as his bidding. Now, large scale spoiler incoming. It's okay because it's not worth reading up until this point. But in the Bleach manga, he initially has a bankai where he becomes kind of like full on armored dragon body. Um, yeah, he, gets and ice. he gets wings and everything. Well. Ice wings. Later on, turns out his bankai does more and that he actually, when he loses all of his ice on his petals or something like that, mm-hmm. he ages and gets older and becomes this like hot model looking dude who has like immense ice abilities. Um, I think it's a guy that makes a really good argument for like the um, poster child for ice characters in anime in particular because he is all those things he is almost always by himself or standoffish he doesn't show too much emotional connection unless he's really angry um his personality is reserved or preserved um (laughs) he is he is calm most of the time and is actually thought of as being rather cool-headed for most things um, he, of course, is the younger, the youngest captain, and so he's once in a while is going to be let his emotions run raw because of that. But he is also one of the most calculating and thoughtful captains as well, usually mm-hmm. being put in charge of most away missions. Because Despite of being so young. Despite being so young. And then, of course, his weapon reflects that ability. Um, he, he takes his battles usually take the longest and he actually sometimes gets the most injured because of the fact that he is taking a while to do it and everything like that. But yeah, I feel that like he definitely contributes to that area really well when it comes to like thinking about ice and stuff like that. So James, Mm -hmm. can I jump on your coattails right now and talk about the other ice user in Bleach? Yeah, because that character, I would think, would be the exact opposite, actually. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I put her down. <laughs> yeah, the other, uh, the other uh, main ice character is introduced so actually quite a bit sooner, but we don't know she's an ice character for a long so, time. Well, yeah, and that is uh, Rukia Kuchiki, who is the I would say the deuteragonist of that series. So she's sort yes. of the other protagonist besides Ichigo Kurosaki, mm-hmm. um, and she's introduced without any powers for a long time that's one of the big plot points of the series but um much later in the series when she gets her powers back i think it's in the hueco mundo arc which is when the uh, series began its decline i think Mm -hmm. honestly because that's that arc when it was stretched a little bit far due to editorial uh, requests and things like that but anyway um during that arc we get introduced to rukia's uh previously unseen and unused uh, Zanpakuto, mm-hmm. which is uh, Sode no uh, Shirayuki, uh, which mm-hmm. is like Sleeves of White Snow or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The most beautiful Zanpakuto, because it's like white and all ornate and pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what's interesting about hers is that um, her it, it's presented initially as ice as well, at least in a way, but it's a little bit more cold rather than she, she ice. Makes, yeah, she makes a zone, right? Yeah, and she makes a zone of cold, and, and actually the weakness, um, what's interesting is unlike Itagaya, who's um weakness is i guess that he has a limited a time limit in terms of like how much stamina he has mm-hmm. um uh rukia who is a interesting personality i guess by contrast because she um it seems distant at first but she is a lot more um hot hot headed i guess at times she gets upset at each going and other people she's very emotive at times she's very even emotive, she's, yeah. she's very emotive at yeah, she's very emotive points. Um, despite being able to be really serious and somber at times too. Um, but the weakness of her uh, Zanpakuto is that she um, can only use it for so long before the uh, the cold actually becomes too much for her because she basically goes into like cryostasis. Yes. Oh, you're talking about her Bunkai. Yeah, that, well, okay, actually, was... there's a little bit of that early on. Yeah. Kai later, she literally, um, she literally, I think, reduces temperatures so much that she freezes things like time which is kind of crazy but ah but it's an anime but hold on preservation i have (laughs) oh yes but i actually have something even better than that so getting all the way back to this manga that i read and i have not finished it i don't know why i haven't i read it as a like middle schooler but there is another katana-yielding individual who is the master of ice that's worse than actually those two, and he's not a Shinigami. Um, Akira from Samurai Deeper Kyo. Oh, that's, that's one I'm not familiar with, actually. So, I know the name, but... So, I recommend anyone to at least read the first four chapters of Samurai Deeper Kyo. And not want to keep reading it. <laughs> Samurai Deeper Kyo essentially is about, back then, um, a form of medicine peddler type guy. Named, um, I believe, yeah, Kiyoshiro. Kiyoshiro mm-hmm. is this very nice, mild-mannered guy who likes to carry medicine around and help people out. Mm-hmm. Well, deeper inside of Kiyoshiro lingers... Hence the title. Yes, then lives Kyo, who is the messed up. He's essentially Alucard with a katana. Like he is, he is the darker, more abrasive, likes to kill individual samurai, who mm-hmm. is like a master of the sword. Now, I'm gonna give a few spoilers to get people listening super excited for Samurai Deeper Kyo because holy fucking shit, it's actually kind of ridiculous. Kyo, um, Samurai Deeper Kyo is like they're essentially from this Heaven's Gate area essentially like he is one of four like sword saints one of the other ones being Akira who is a friend of his we'll get into Akira even though I started with Akira I need to explain Kyo a little bit here um, Kyo is one of the four sword saints or something like that and he's, he's the most powerful one of the group. However, he can't use his full power because he's trapped inside Kyo, Kiyoshiro. Well, later on you find out, spoiler alert, 
Kiyoshiro is actually stronger than Kyo and has been lying to people up until that point. And he has a third form who is ungodly powerful. Why did I say all of that? I don't know. I really liked Tamurai D for Kyo. It was really cool. We'll have to look into this. Um, but Akira is super cool. Akira is blind, actually. Um, and he is a dual katana using individual. He's actually my favorite character in there, and I'll tell you why. He specializes in using ice as his um, for most of his attacks when he's using magical attacks and not just cutting people. Well... He has the ability to return all things to absolute zero. And he does this once to this really awesome dude and completely destroys him. Also, Akira has some of the most shade-throwing lines in manga. This dude throws some heavy shade to people. Um, He definitely fits that coolness and abrasiveness that a lot of the Ice characters have. But I always thought he was really interesting to add into that. Um, before I get into some more characters, Arnold, you've been kind of quiet on that. Add in some ice characters that you may know of, if you know any. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I thought of ice character, for some reason, the person who I thought of, I'm not going to talk about him. He's not going to be the person I talk about. But, <laughs> Mr. Frozone? Frozone from, from the Incredibles. Jesus! Oh my God! What did you just think? Of? Where's my super suit? Yeah, that's all I can think about now. <laughs> it's the great the great good. I'm the greatest guy you'll ever have. I'm the greatest guy you'll ever have. That's such a great. Oh, the. I still haven't seen the second movie. Jeez. I still I haven't. haven't. I own it. Well, you know so what? I haven't it looked sounds at like it. one day we need to set aside time to watch that second movie because I haven't seen it. Just, yeah, I have. We have it on my Disney Plus, and I own the Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, but go ahead, Arnold. Since you're not going into Frozone, because <laughs> I don't know the perfect representation of a black family with superpowers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that whole like I'm your greater good thing. I've heard similar lines. Keep going. It's uh, like, <laughs> if my dad was a superhero, this is <laughs> If my dad, yeah, he'll be like, <laughs> kids, wear my super suit. James, get out that goddamn suit. <laughs> I didn't told you not to get in my suit. <laughs> Are you going to pay the rent? Uh, no, I'm a child. <laughs> Go ahead, Arnold. What are you going to say? Um, but another character that you brought up in the Discord is actually Mr. Freeze himself. It's uh, a cold. <laughs> you mean the original dinosaurs? The Ice Age. The, the Ice Age. <laughs> God, I forgot how bad that movie. Can we, wait, I'm talking about. Talking about. Great. Tom, yes, and, yes. No, can we? Can we just for a moment acknowledge that that was a fucking genius movie? <laughs> and going back, it's, it's not the, good in a sense that the Dark Knight as a is joke good. movie. Yeah, it's good in a sense of it's so goofy. You know what? You know what? Here's something. First off, people I feel like to retroactively shit on Batman movies. I have started to notice people mm-hmm. have done this with the original Dark Knight trilogy. I hear people nowadays going, "Those movies what? weren't even that good." Oh, I hear it all the time. I hear people I, all the time. I don't like the third movie. 
I no. have not seen the first one, but People, I enjoy the second. Everyone talks about how those movies weren't good. First off, you're all full of shit. Those were good movies. Maybe those you don't really like them movies. now, but those are solid movies. Second off, people like to shit on all the campy Batman movies. And I'm sorry, maybe it's because I grew up in the 90s and watched these things when they came out on that day. But the And then also watched them on TV. And then watched them on TV and DVD when I rented them. Um, and VHS. And VHS. The movie with... with um, Mr. F- with um with Doctor Freeze, Mr. Freeze, and Poison Ivy, is wonderful. It Batman has and Robin. Yeah. Batman and Robin because it has it has George Clooney. It has cheesy Bane, who mm-hmm. doesn't talk. He's like a, a grunt for Poison Jeez, Ivy. Best, I forgot he's in the movie. He he, yeah. he delivers. He, he's really just a named henchman. He delivers Freeze's suit. And he says, Freeze is like, I didn't know this prison had dry clean. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. And Arnold's words, and he, you know, it's funny too because, um, well, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? What are you going to tell us about Mr. Freeze? Yeah, sorry. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. We, got, a... we got sidetracked by Arnold Schwarzenegger's awesome portrayal of a he's really so, cheesy Mr. Freeze. He just delivers those puns with, with such like dedication. He, he's so sincere about these cheesy lines. He like really he's is. delivering them with all the gusto of him lifting chill a weight. Chill out. Chill. 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 <laughs> uh, go ahead, Arnold. Um, well, first, I actually didn't know about this and the Gotham series. Uh-huh. His yeah. last name is changed to Fries, as in French fry. Who did that? Fucking... Yeah, apparently, in the Gotham. Was that? Oh, I thought I thought it was always spelled that way. And it's spelled to... that way, but you pronounce it Freeze, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, think... I think. I think it was Freeze, but now it's. Fries. I'll I'll look at. I have the um. The Batman Dr. Anima- Fry is in the house. Well, I have the Batman animated series on Blu-ray. By the way, it is really worth getting on Blu-ray. Anybody who wants oh, it. Oh yeah, that is a great series. Yes, um, I'll watch it because I remember watching the episode recently, and he's—I don't ever hear fries. Um, but go ahead. Um, um, I just find how his—he actually doesn't even start out as like a villain. He starts out as a doctor well, trying he- to find a. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, he was trying to find a cure for his wife or some ter- I don't know the disease name, some terminal disease, basically. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you not know that, Arnold? Sorry, I keep interrupting because I'm like I'm fascinated that you're saying like he wasn't a um, he wasn't a villain. Did you not know that? No, I did know that. I'm oh, saying, okay, 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 okay. For, you know, for context of people who don't know, people who did not know. Who did not watch the amazing 90s Batman cartoon. Who have literally not looked up into the universe and figured out something about that. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. Sorry, Arnold. Yes. You're right. Go ahead. And I like... I, I don't remember how... I think he like got a loan from some off, some like gangster or something to get to fund his research to find the cure for it. But then, obviously, they wanted the money back. And then, uh, out of desperation... He eventually like makes that whole suit. He doesn't actually. Does he actually? I actually don't remember. Does he does what? He, 
does he turn blue and yes he, he does he does he turns blue actually oh. if i recall correctly he works for a company and the company cuts his research because it's not uh-huh. profitable yeah. Oh, okay. He, so a real, a real story for our time. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and so he uh, decides to steal his research because they're going to claim it because they've he's wasted all this money on it supposedly, and in the process of getting in a struggle when they're going to like, like when he's trying to stop them from like pulling the plug on his wife, he gets soaked in the in the stuff and turns blue and becomes unable to live in in mm-hmm. high temperatures. Yeah. In normal temperatures, actually, he has to live in. Yeah, he has yeah. a living boat. Virtual freezer. Professional. Like but you know, uh, sorry, I don't mean to steal your thunder here, Arnold, but did y'all know that before that, Mr. Freeze actually did not have much of a backstory. He was very mm-hmm. boring. He was a very and boring And the animated villain. series decided mm-hmm. to make him a much more interesting character, and it went over so well. Um, that's since then become the official backstory in like every form of Mr. Freeze. For those of you who don't know, actually, Mr. Freeze is not the only one where that's the case. The Batman animated series essentially wrote how Batman is presented nowadays. There was, of mm-hmm. course, other comics that contributed some of it. But the Batman animated series is what Batman is today and his villains. Like, the Joker, all of these characters, like, you mm-hmm. had the movies and stuff. And a, like I said, a couple of comics that got it a little darker. But, like, this show was what transformed it. And no one has even dared to try to mess with that formula. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a little bit, but it almost always ends in some kind of, like, semi-failure. Like yeah, it, Harley Quinn originated in that show, too. Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn originated from that show. That is my personal favorite version of Harley Quinn. I don't really... I, I don't... I don't Sorry, like this new one. I... I She's okay. She got money. Yeah, she's alright. Um. So like, no, I mean, like, she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna be upset. Like, she'll be fine. Like, she got money. She <laughs> does, she does other roles, and I honestly feel that she is wasted in DC films. I get it. She's pretty, so they're probably just gonna keep using her. But like, she can do other forms of acting. Um. I'm honestly wanting her to get her like standout role where she just blows people away. Um. I don't feel that these movies that are those movies yeah it's not going to be the dc movies um that's just my opinion but um yeah mr freeze is a really good one um also i find it fascinating that his ice gun is powered by you find it what again that his his ice gun is powered by diamonds apparently yes what i forgot what what are these diamonds made out of that are making oh no i just remember that he kept having them in the movie yeah, he kept having to steal diamonds which gave him a motivation to, to, to run into batman and then that one scene where he like freezes the dude is like oh i hate when people talk during the movie, <laughs> <laughs> that movie i want to watch that movie again now he was on tv so like a few weeks ago i was in um, gatlinburg and at a restaurant and i think tnt was on the tv for some bizarre reason and they were showing that movie Man, I remember that movie as a kid. I saw it in the theater three times. It's a good movie. Boy, howdy. So, <laughs> moving on from Freeze. Freeze was a good one. Um, I'm going to... Keanu's podcast. What again? So we have fun times here at the Keanu's podcast. <laughs> we we like to keep it breezy here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, gotta, I'll, gotta, gotta chill out here. <laughs> um, I was going to say that 
I'm going to chart off a couple of characters and speak about them really quickly since I kind of know about them, but then there's a couple others I want to get more into. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a few characters that I want people to kind of be interested in, probably examine these anime slash manga, depending on where they come from. So one, November 11th, this is his name. Um, November 11th is a character from Darker Than Black. I love him. He is a very cool um, smoking individual. So here's an explanation about Darker Than Black, which is really fascinating to me. Darker Than Black is essentially everyone has an ability, um, like a power. It's um, uh, We're going to relate it to not everyone, but certain people have abilities. We're going to relate it a little bit to My Hero Academia in that sense. It's nothing like My Hero Academia. It's much more mature themes and stuff like that. But everyone, because they have this ability, have to pay a price when they use this ability. And that price is usually not favorable to them. So one woman has the ability, I think, to absorb bullets or something. I forget her ability, but then she has to... um, eat a pack of cigarettes and then egurgitate them. So that's a thing that she has to do. Well, number 11 has the ability to remove heat from things. So, of course, naturally, he's going to do ice moves most of the time. Um, And he can, like, destroy cells while doing this, everything like that. Number 11, however, has to smoke after he uses his ability. So you will see him actually constantly smoking, which also helps because then he can just use his ability all the time. Um, the main character, he has the ability to either, I think he has the ability to either nullify other abilities or use electricity, but whenever he's used it, he has to eat a lot of food. I forget which one is which because I think it's a, I think his power is the ability to nullify them because, um, (laughs) I forget. I forget it. No one can have powers. If I oh, have power, well, the, have oh, oh, yeah, probably would be really good for your <laughs> brother. Um, um, won't get into that psychology, but um, so Link, um, so I recommend Darker Than Black, that would be really good. Um, Metal Garuruman for the Digimon people out there. Oh, wow, he shoots, yes. yeah, he shoots ice missiles. Now, Garuruman himself is pretty friendly, but his trainer, I mean, his um, his Digi Destin actually is the perfect idea of like that cool ice character that standoffish type mm-hmm. of guy um there's tokia from flame of Rekka. now flame of Rekka is a very yes very obscure manga and anime i highly recommend it to anyone who likes yu yu hakusho um it has that same dynamic of the four characters that each have an ability they go through stuff Flame of Rekka is not better than Yu Yu Hakusho, but it's a pretty good manga. Um, I remember reading it a lot after I finished um, Yu Yu Hakusho um, as a kid. Um, There's, of course, Haku from Naruto. Self-explanatory. Haku has ice mirrors. (laughs) Jumps through stuff. Haku is one of the first major villains of that series. Yes, one of the first major villains of that series. And Haku has definitely that idea of distance and calm and, in a weird way, solitude. Because um, for the longest time, Haku has affection towards Zabuza, but Zabuza is not reciprocating that um, to him. Um, 
then there's the the three I wanted to kind of end the podcast over as we discuss it. There's Gray from Fairy Tale, Kuzan from One Piece, and then Sailor Mercury from um, Power Rangers. Just kidding. Sailor Mercury from Sailor Moon. <laughs> for Power Rangers? Um, yes. So I find these characters interesting because they each have a certain thing that comes with the ice character archetype, but also mm -hmm. they don't share all of those things. Clearly, Mercury has the intelligent, calm, individual thing. Um, Kuzan has a couple of things. He has the coolness, the distance, the calm, the solitude. That's the admiral. That's where the admiral uh -huh. right? Yeah. And then you, of course, have Gray. Gray just kind of encapsulates the the distant part sometimes. He he doesn't get too close to other characters. But and he's also like the cool guy. But everything and maybe this is a part of why fairy tale is fairy tale, but Gray is very different. He's the cool character in the group, but he's not a jerk to anybody. And he also strips his clothes off a lot, which makes him a bit of a dork. Um and he's the ice character, of course. He has an ability to make ice. He literally says, ice, make, and then he makes an object. Um, I actually really, really, really like Grey, like, as a character. Um, mainly because he fits that cool guy archetype without actually being the cool guy, if that makes sense. Um, but I feel that you guys will have more to say about Kuzan. All like all I've got is that I like how he doesn't get on a boat. He just bicycles everywhere. I knew he wants you were to go. gonna bring up that goddamn <laughs> bicycle. It's uh, probably not efficient, but it's pretty funny to watch. It's also He's interesting. We're talking about uh the the sleepiness is sort of associated sometimes with mm. ice earlier in the episode because if I recall correctly, he has a. Uh, Sleeping mask on when mm -hmm. he's initially introduced. He, is, he doesn't like wear it over his eyes, but he has it on his forehead. Yeah, um, he, he sleeps a lot because he's always kind of cold. But um, yeah, I think also don't they introduce him early with the classic fire and ice com uh, like uh, battle? I think early in his uh, introduction against Ace. I'm not no, no, no. I, I thought Kuzan was introduced because I don't think he, he was... fights Ace. He actually fights and loses. No, no, like no. Like or something to a magma no, 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 no. First off, spoiling. <laughs> let's let's go. If we're going to spoil things about Kazan, let's try to keep it pre-Marine Ford. So what no. I was going to say about Kazan, actually, is no, Dustin, he doesn't fight Ace. What happens, I think, when they first introduce Kazan, he meets up with the Straw Hats. And he's, like, really reluctant to have to do his job but i think he has to take robin that's right and he fights them i think and they robin. get completely owned like oh, yeah. they're He's very good at what he does he's extremely good at what he does and this is one of those things in one piece by the way the one piece does this intensely well they really show you a good power scale throwdown like one Piece shows some really cool moments for their heroes, and it's only amplified as being really cool because they will have a moment in One Piece where the characters get trashed. Like, they can't do anything. And you, even though it's a manga, 
and you know that one day they'll come out on top, you do not think that's going to happen ever in that moment. Like mm-hmm. when the, they tell you on that, that it is like they're out of their, out they're of their out of their depth. Like they are not there. Um, Kuzan makes that very powerful in that sense. And I think that's another thing that ice characters do well is that they show very good power scaling or opposing forces in anime. Like your ice character is almost always going to go up against a hothead at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the ice characters start off on top, you know, most of the time. Um, and so it shows a very good rising of power for those characters. I always thought that was neat. Um, so yeah, anything else you guys wanted to throw in for ice characters? Um, nothing comes to mind for me. Okay. I think that's got most of the big ones I can think of there. Arnold, anything else? Nah, I can't really think of anything either. Okay, well. <laughs> Aside from Articuno, but can't really <laughs> talk about that better Pokemon. The Pokemon. Um, yeah, yeah, so that was our Key Items podcast. Thank you, fuck off. I'm just kidding. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't, they don't know what you here. Um, no. I, I won. I think that was a really good one. I I I I like a little ice. That was good. Little ice, little ice. Um, I was going to say. Once again, everyone, thank you for listening to the Key Items podcast. I hope you like what I did with the intro. I won't tell you what I did, just in case <laughs> you skip the intro. Go to the intro. Listen to this. Um, we are. Clearly available on Spotify and iTunes. We also have like an episode up on SoundCloud because, like I said before, there are some weird things going on. Um, you can visit our website at keyitems.squarespace.com. Email us any of your questions and suggestions for the episode at unlock at keyitemspodcast.com. Follow us also on Twitter. You can just put in key items podcast look us up um i would not would i would like to extend this invitation to people who are listening to the podcast to email us in um or tweet us your ideas or wants for some streaming stuff we're thinking about just streaming video games and me and dustin have been thinking of some anime ideas as yeah. well and, and we will probably be doing some some yeah we got some interesting ideas i think for... yeah we're hoping to kind of expand the things that we're wanting to do um and just like ideas you may have we are we do not have to play the most current video games we are not trying to stream here for like pure entertainment purposes of that kind of category we're trying to stream i feel at least from my perspective video games that we may value or video games that we may not value and trying to get a new value from that and speaking on that. And maybe you guys have suggestions. Maybe you guys have heard, game, like, enjoy games that I really hate and you guys want to be like James. James, you gotta try Infinite Warfare. So things like that I'm not playing. <laughs> um, just to let everyone know. Just um, let everyone know I was joking. None of the big shooters will be played by me um, outside of Halo. More um, 
Oh, yeah. I don't even count that as one. But, yeah. yeah. I'll count it, though, for this one. I'll play I'll play some Borderlands. Hopefully nobody wants to watch me play fighting games really badly. So that's what people want. <laughs> fighting games fighting games would be interesting from a different perspective i i wouldn't be at least for me personally um i wouldn't no, be i'm bad at fighting games too i'm pretty decent i want to say i'm great but i'm only good at smash i say this because i always think i'm good and i play people i always <laughs> say i always say i'm decent like i'm not bad enough to get owned but i'm also not like great mm. Like, I'm not superb here. I can lose. I have lost plenty of times. Um, but, yeah. So, thank you again for listening. I will reiterate, you can find us at Spotify and iTunes. Keyitems.squarespace.com is our website. And unlock at keyitemspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. And we will see you guys later. Stay frosty. See ya. Have a good one. Thank you for playing.